Well, my daddy was here today. He told me to sit on down and leave the yakking to the college boys, so like my cars, I'll make this fast. When I was 10 years old, Pop said to me, son, it's a truly lucky man who knows what he wants to do in this world, because that man will never work a day in his life. But there are a few, a precious few, and hell, I don't know if they're lucky or not, but there are a few people who find something they have to do. Some obsesses them. Something if they can't do it, it's gonna drive them clean out of their mind. I'm that guy. And I know one other man feels exactly the same. everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. Opened up for the second week in a row with a line from uh, Ford versus Ferrari. You know, uh, there's a few guys out there that got something they gotta do. And if they can't do it, it's gonna drive them crazy. And uh, I'm that guy, and I know one other guy and in the movie, he's talking about Henry Ford. And of course, uh, Ken Miles thinks he's talking about him, who helps him build the... Uh, the GT40 that is the uh, that wins the Le Mans, but the um, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me, and I'm hopefully talking about some of you guys out there and some of the other guys you hear that you hear speaking out. You know what? Uh, you know, there's something we got to do, and I and I and I look at this as I as I finishing up my 14th year on the on the radio i just finished my book uh, experience matters coming out in september i've been talking about it the last few weeks um because i'm so excited that i actually finished it you know uh, and you know it's some of the things that some of the things i just felt like i had to say and uh, my wife's been on me for 15 years to 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 write a book and i finally did it and then when i finally did it, it took about a year to write it and uh and when i finally did it i'm really proud of how it came out and um and i'm really proud of the the people who ha- who have reviewed it i talked about a couple weeks ago that you know it's like a- asking people to review it was like uh, asking people for a loan actually got a uh, got a few people since then that have act- maybe i guilted them into it Um, and I've got some really good response from it. And it's just like, this is something I got to say, 
These are things that I have to point out. These are some some life lessons that I felt like I had to pass on and that I wish someone would have pointed them out to me earlier than I got them, but I got them. And, uh, and it, you know, turned into a, uh, um, a successful life, a successful, uh, successful career, a successful, uh, you know, I feel like my eyes are open and, uh, and I feel like that's not common in this country. I feel like most people have their eyes closed. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to hear about it. The news is something that, that angers them and it does me, but you know, uh, you know, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not bliss, and I and I see how the country's going, and I feel like I have to I have to say something. I feel like I feel like uh, it's just what God wants me to do, and I have I have a uh, a gift to kind of uh, simplify things. And hey, does this make sense to you? And uh, and I feel like that's part of it. It's kind of what I've done in the mortgage industry for thirty two years. Try to say, hey, you know what? There's income, equity, and credit. There's three three ways to to qualify for a loan. There's, you know, how much equity do you have? How much down payment or how much equity you have in your house? What's your credit look like? And the credit is, uh, you know, your credit your is your credit history. That's not the history. To, you know, the past doesn't equal the future. But that's all we can say. Hey, you know, what's your what have you have a history of doing as far as taking care of your business? And your income's your income. And you know, it's it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult to understand if someone will just simplify it to you. You know, a lot of lenders out there go, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, you don't understand this, but this is how it has to go. And it does like this and does like that. And, you know, and they just confuse you into thinking that, uh, you know, hey, all I want is a good rate. And uh, even if the good rate costs me a lot of money, I don't know the difference. You know, it's uh, I've you know, I've done I've I've tried to live my life, live my life based on what's right. Um, I try to talk to people based on, Hey, this is, this is the common sense of what I see. And, I, and at times, and at times I see things wrong and someone points it out and I go, okay. And I relook at it and I try to be honest. Well, Hey, I don't have to, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm not. Um, sometimes I am, sometimes I am, but I don't think I am on the general, general vision of what's going on in this world. And it's scary. And I think, I think it's my job job to point that out uh the song i used was uh silence is broken from damn yankees um because i think the silence is broken i think people are i think people are starting to see i think it's starting to come out with the idiocy of joe biden the the nonsense of gavin newsom i think people are starting to see if you didn't see the cnn uh town hall with uh joe biden what were they thinking letting letting that guy loose on a town hall with no with no nets and no ropes, he didn't have any. You know, I don't know if he had a little uh, transmitter in his ears so someone could talk some sense into him. But talk about confused. Talk about senile. Talk about you know who the hell voted for this guy. What sense does this stuff make? Well, I'm going to bring all that stuff out to you and start to point out some of the truth. Some of it, some of it, I'm seeing on, I'm seeing it on TV. I'm seeing it on the internet. I'm seeing it on in real life, and I'm and I'm taking this and I'm saying, hey, let's put all this stuff together. Take take what CNN says and say take what MSNBC says and take what Fox says and take what Newsmax says. Take what you hear from all the guys on on uh, the Answer and put that all into a pot and mix it up and say, hey. Let's compare this to my experiences in the world 
I'm talking about you compared to your experiences. You know, you dr- you drive to the gas station, you got drive to the grocery store, you drive to work, you encounter people, look at all that stuff and then say, what makes sense to me? What makes sense that I want my kids to learn in school? What makes sense here? What makes sense here? And I'm th- and my kids aren't in school anymore. My youngest is 35. So, uh, you know, for for those of you that uh, that your kids listen to you so you can give them advice about their grandkids um, or the, those of you that have kids still at home started later than me or uh, or maybe you're just younger than me. Um, consider all this stuff. Consider all this stuff. And I say, you know what? I'm fine. Me and Don are fine. We have we have money. We have we have all we have all the outwardly um, all the all the all the the signs and symbols of being successful financially and otherwise. But I worry, and and my kids are all all stable, but I worry about what kind of world they're going to live in after I'm gone. And, you know, is that my problem after I'm gone? No, it's not my problem, but I just think that's what God wants us to do. And I think that's what's supposed to be right in the world. We want our kids to live a better life than we did. We want them to learn by our mistakes. We want them to learn from our successes. And we certainly want them to be able to pass that on to our grandkids. And you know, that we pass on something to the world. And, and for those of you who don't have kids or grandkids, you know, I say, hey, your influence is everybody you touch along the way. Well, I don't have any kids to pass on my legacy to. I don't have any, I don't have any grandkids to pass on. You know, you're, you're a role model for every, every person you come in contact with. Every person that you talk to on the, on the, at the grocery store while you're in line. Every person you talk to while you're waiting for your car to get serviced at the car dealer. Everyone that you talk to, you're influencing. That influence will go on whether you know about it or you don't. Just want just want to make sure that while I'm here, I'm influencing whoever I can and and leave my mark on the world. And uh anyway, that's that's my that's my open, as Judge Janine would say. That's uh, kind of the 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 theme of uh, of my scene from uh, Ford versus Ferrari and the silence is broken from uh, from uh, damn Yankees. If you said, "Hey, that kind of sounds like Sticks," yeah, that's because Tommy Shaw uh, is was one of the lead singers at that on that super group, damn Yankees. So anyway, before I go on, let me introduce myself so I can talk about everything I'm babbling about and more specifics to this week, and more specifics to this state, and more specifics to this country, and more specifics to 2021. August. Uh, I'm sorry, 2021, almost August, July. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you want some financing, you need some uh, some straight talk, some common sense, some uh, some advice or some direction from someone who, uh, who thinks like you do and will help you make a decision based on what's best for you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free area code 855 855- Six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to talk, if you want to get some advice, but you don't want to talk on the phone, uh, go to my website edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if you want any part of the show uh, repeated or you missed part of it um, or you missed all of it, uh, you can also get the podcast on uh, edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. 
You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, where you can uh, where you can actually uh, subscribe for free and have it download once a week when we upload it on Fridays. It'll uh, download to your uh, your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your computer or uh, whatever other kind of device you can hear uh, hear uh, podcasts on, and you can listen to it on demand. Um, follow me on social media on Twitter. I'm at Ed Hoffman. On everything else, I'm at Big Ed Hoffman. Um, the Facebook page for the show is facebook.com/slash the main event Ed Hoffman. And lastly, if you have comments on the show, you want to just send me an email. Ed at edhoffman.net. All right, so uh, let's get on to uh, what's happening this week. So uh, plans for a bipartisan committee to investigate January 6th. Remember the January 6th, the insurrection at the Capitol, the everybody going crazy. Um, uh, it fell apart on Wednesday after Speaker Nancy Pelosi moved to block two Republicans appointed by Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from sitting on the panel. Pelosi called on McCarthy to name two Republicans to the committee after refusing to appoint conservatives Jim Jordan of Ohio and Jim Banks of Indiana, presumably because they're both staunch backers of Donald Trump, who pushed to overturn the certification of the election results in favor of Joe Biden, mostly because it was fraud. Uh, Much to Pelosi's dismay, reporters continued to press her on the decision as she walked through the halls of Congress on Wednesday. What was it about Jordan and Banks in particular? Because Nels also voted to overturn the election. That was not the criteria, as I told you yesterday. Yeah, what was the criteria? Did you talk to those two members, Banks and Jordan? Well, Pelosi didn't want to talk talk to people. She said, read, read my statement. So here's her statement. With respect to the integrity of the investigation... With an insistence on the truth and with concerns about statements made and actions taken by these members, I must reject the recommendations of Representatives Banks and Jordan to the Select Committee. The unprecedented nature of January 6th demands this unprecedented decision. Yeah, well, this is the first time that she's going to be called on the carpet as to why wasn't there security there? You know who runs the uh, Congress? The Speaker of the House. So that's who runs the Capitol. So everybody takes orders from the Speaker of the House, third in line to the presidency. So, you know, if the president uh, becomes incapacitated or dies, the vice president steps in. If the president and the vice president uh, are uh, are incapacitated, then the Speaker of the House becomes the president. And then the last uh, after that becomes the Secretary of State, uh, which we're basically screwed from the president to the vice president to the secretary of state or to the speaker of the house and the secretary of state, if something happens now, uh, basically we were, we're basically we're screwed ever since uh, November 20th, since when they, uh, when they stole the election from actually a competent, competent leader and a competent administration. Here's Jim Jordan's reaction to Nancy Pelosi knocking her off Wednesday night on Tucker. And what I find interesting is this morning's political headline. I got the I got it right here. Political headline: Dems accept McCarthy's picks for January 6th panel. So they accepted it. Everything was fine. It was reported this morning. But last night, and I go on your network and I raise these very points and I talk about this. And suddenly, Shazam! Today, Speaker changes everything. Mr. Banks and Mr. Jordan can't be on the committee. So maybe that's the reason. Maybe she just doesn't want to answer the fundamental question, which is why wasn't there a proper security posture that day? It wasn't like we didn't know there was a rally in town. It wasn't like we didn't know it would be a big rally. After all, it was a President Trump rally. Why wasn't there a proper security presence? And and that's a question that only the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives can answer. 
Yeah, you know what? Maybe the maybe the lesson from this that Jim Jordan should uh, should uh, should take from this, and I'm a big supporter of Jim Jordan, but maybe until everything's inked in in uh, you know uh, uh, in a sharpie, you know where you can't erase it, maybe don't go on TV. You know what? Uh, maybe don't go on TV and tell everybody what you're gonna do. Let's make sure the committee is is you know setting concrete, and then go on TV. Then ask those tough questions. Be who you are, but maybe not so much TV. Maybe uh, maybe that was the problem because you didn't have quite get it etched in concrete before you uh, said something. And then the next day, you're out. I don't know, but the questions remain. Why wasn't there more security when, uh, you know, Stephen Sun, who's the head of the Capitol Police Department, uh, he wanted National, Cru- uh, National Guard troops to stand guard around the perimeter of the Capitol complex. They knew there was going to be a big uh, protest against the Electoral College, and they knew it was about to take place. Yet for some reasons that we're not clear about, the House Sergeant-at-Arms refused that request. And who does the House Sergeant-at-Arms take orders from? The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Hmm, why did that happen? As Jim Jordan said, the need for additional security was anticipated. Everyone knew there was a rally, no matter what the nature of the rally was. Once the crowd grew and became unruly, Stephen Sun made five more urgent requests for additional security. Even as protesters breached the doors and roamed the halls of the Capitol, every one of Sun's requests for help was rejected. Of course, they opened the doors and said, come on in. So as we know from uh, a few different people that we've had on the show, uh, was the FBI involved in planning this as they were in the fake uh, Gretchen Whitmer uh, kidnapping plot that we talked about that uh, people said, uh, you know, the, the, the plot to, uh, to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the, the moron Michigan of uh, our governor of Michigan, uh, that, you know, more people on the, on, the, on, the, on the group were FBI informants than were not. So was the FBI in on this? Uh, the the capital capital protests were they in on the on the whole on the whole plan is that a reason that they didn't uh, they didn't get security because because Pelosi knew that the FBI was working to make sure that this was a reason to uh, to try and impeach Trump again hey we're gonna have this and that's we're gonna we're gonna let him in and then we're gonna get a bunch of good footage and then we're gonna we're gonna panic. We're going to send some uh, Antifa guys in there to, to start busting windows and stuff to make it look like not a peaceful protest. And uh, and then then we're going to get some good footage. And then we're going to tell everybody that Trump is a madman. And then we showed footage of Trump saying, we're going to patriotically and peacefully walk down and we're going to make sure that the senators in that, in that, uh, in that uh, session know that we don't want them to certify a fraudulent election. I don't know. This is how I saw it. And I watched what I watched what the news put out there and I watched what was on social media and I watched what was going on and I listened to people's reaction and I just said, you know what? This is bull. This is bull. They're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. They're trying to make it something it isn't. And uh, you know, they know that most of the country is more concerned about who's going to win the World Series. It's going to be the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Rangers or who who gives a who who cares? Who cares? That's not important. Who's running our country? Hey, you know, and all those guys that worked on the pipeline, were they watching uh were they watching let's see who did the people in Montana and uh, North Dakota, South Dakota watch? Uh were they when that was happening, were they watching the uh 
the the basketball team at the time or the football team at the time. I don't even know who's the closest up there because I live in Southern California. But uh, I'll know because I'm be up heading up to Montana next week to our new house in Montana, and uh, we'll be broadcasting from Montana for the next three weeks. Um, but you know what? Were they really paying attention to sports? I'm working my job. I'm putting in all this overtime. I'm making a hundred grand a year with uh, with my overtime. I'm feeding my family. I'm paying my car payments. I'm paying my house payments. But you know, when I go home, I turn on the Lakers. I turn on the Detroit. Pistons or the or the whoever they are, I turn on the Bulls, doubles. You know, I turn on the sports and I watch that, and I really don't pay attention to the news. Well, that bitch in the butt, didn't it? And I'm certainly not downing those people that lost their jobs for that. I'm downing the Biden administration. But you know what? Maybe if everybody just paid a little closer attention, maybe those guys that think their vote didn't count, maybe those guys that that weren't paying attention and they didn't pay attention to that little spike in the, in the, uh, how the votes were counting at three 30 in the morning. Well, three 30 in the morning, four 30 in the morning, uh, depending on where you were at. Um, when the, when, when, uh, Trump was ahead in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Georgia and uh, Arizona. And all of a sudden we wake up the next morning and he's just a little bit, he was way ahead. And then all of a sudden the, the count just jumped and all of a sudden he's behind in all those States. Maybe that means something more to your life than than the than the Lakers. Maybe just. So here's some more questions. Who killed Ashley Babbitt? Our San Diego uh, veteran who who was unarmed, jumping through a jumping through a window, an interior window. Somebody broke out the window, and she happened to be jumping through it. And one of the Capitol Police fired at her at at a point blank range and hit her in the neck, and she bled out. Why was no investigation of her killing? And why are why are they ca- uh, protecting the Capitol police officer who shot her? They didn't protect any any cop that that shot a black guy over uh, over the the year of 2020. The FBI has admitted they know his name, but they're not giving it up. Why is that? They give up everybody else's name. Why no charges? Federal prosecutors cleared his name in April. But they were quick. They were quick to go out there and tell everybody that Capitol Police Officer uh, Brian Sicknick, that died in the Capitol of natural causes, they were quick to they were quick to tell everybody that he got that he had a cracked skull from uh, being beaten with a fire extinguisher, which is complete BS. But of course, after the election stuff was over, we find out he died of natural causes. So was it stress? I don't know. You're a Capitol Police Officer. Doesn't the stress come with the job? You know, I'm I'm in the mortgage business. I'm I'm always in stress. Is my blood pressure high? Always. So that's just part of the job. That's part of the job. I'm helping people. I'm dealing with people's lives, and you know, I don't just deal with a bunch of file folders. People want to close escrow on their houses. So I don't know. Uh, you know, does anybody ask these questions? If you think everyone is going to be arrested and charged has already been, think again. Thursday night. Uh, an Orange County man named Mark Ibrahim appeared on Tucker uh, with his attorney. Ibrahim uh, was a DEA agent uh, who has now been fired from the agency after being arrested this week. So prosecutors are not accusing him of entering the Capitol building. Prosecutors say he entered the with the restricted grounds around the building shortly after the barricades were torn down by the mob and then reportedly showed off his badge and his gun to, to uh, other protesters while claiming there was... He was there to help the FBI. Well, we heard that from a guy named uh, Baked Alaska. He was there just to document and kind of help out. 
He introduced himself to Capitol Police and said, hey, if you need us to move anywhere, just tell us. Uh, but Ibrahim, uh, he attended the rally with his friend, who was an FBI agent, uh, uh, who said Ibrahim was there to document the event. The friend has since turned on Ibrahim, says Ibrahim was not there to assist the FBI, and he's lying to cover, and he's lying to cover his own butt. So we're going to talk about. I'm going to stop for the break now. Five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to to Ibrahim uh, actually give some of his feelings that was on uh, on Tucker the other night. And uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with lots more details and lots more stuff that'll drop your drop your jaw. Welcome back to the part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk about a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio because uh, if you're not in the market, you think it's boring. But if you're in the market or if you think you might be in the market, uh, call me toll free at 855-640-2020 if you need financing help. If you think it might be a good time to uh, to uh, refinance your house because you've been putting it off, if you think it's a good time to think about buying a new house, uh, if you think about it, it, might be a good time to think about buying a house in another state. Uh, I'm licensed in these states besides California, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, uh, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, uh, Nevada. Utah. I knew there was another one. Utah. So if you're thinking about moving out of, out of California or buying a vacation home like I did in Arizona and Montana, if you're thinking about uh, delving into one of those states, call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo and I will uh, help you out with your financing. I'll help you make uh, decisions that are right for you and we'll, uh, we'll take you into the next stage in your life where you have an escape from this thing that we call California. So, and then if you're going to stay, call me too. So anyway, uh, we were talking about before the, uh, before the break, how uh, we were talking about people that have been getting arrested for being at the Capitol on January 6th. And we, and I said that, uh, you know, that all the people that were going to, that are going to be arrested uh, have been arrested. And that's not the case. We talk about Mark Ibrahim, that uh, was a, uh, a federal DEA agent, and I think about, and I think about a DEA agent. Um, when I think about guys who are DEA agents, now this guy carries a badge, he carries a gun, he gets to get on airline commercial airline pilot airline planes and travel with his gun on his hip. I think about these guys. I think about the movie Sicario, and I think about uh, Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro. I think about these guys are dealing with with uh, with 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 drug uh, traffickers, drug lords, uh, the cartel. I think about these guys as being fairly tough guys, Navy SEAL type guys, the guys that that uh, that walk into trouble and pull their gun when they need when they need to, and it's a day, and it's a and it's a regular thing as opposed to uh, those of us that that uh, that carry concealed carry. 
uh, which are a lot of us in California now and uh, more across the country. But those of us that carry guns all the time, we get to think about it. We carry guns. We get to think about whether we engage or not. You know, federal agents, cops, that's their job. So while I carry a gun and I may never get a chance to to draw it and, and actually use it to protect my life or the life of one of my family members or anybody else, um, I'm ready. But these guys are agents. This is their job. They're required to carry their gun. So this guy, this guy's all of a sudden finds himself, he got arrested. He didn't destroy any property. He didn't do anything. He just being set up. Abraham claims he was there to protect the people and was, and that was the reason for showing his badge and his gun. I heard him on, I heard him on the, on Tucker and the first part of it, first part of his, his statements say, say, Hey, I have this list. I could see him looking down at his notes and his lawyers in the, in the box next to him. And I know his lawyer said, Hey, these are the things you're allowed to say. You just got out of jail this week, but he made these comments. I don't know. You know, I love my country and I love my freedom. And for the first time in my life, I've had my freedom taken away from me. And, you know, I was in jail this week. And while I was in jail, I had a lot of time to think. And uh, it's just very sad. And think about that. You serve serve your nation in the military. You serve your nation as part of the Drug Enforcement Agency. You put your life on the line when you go to work. You went to a peaceful protest, which we all have the we all have the right to do. Next thing you know, you're in jail. He didn't destroy property. He didn't attack anybody. He didn't do any of that stuff. Um, and even if he walked in, we know that the Capitol Police officers just let people in. We see it on video showing them which way to go. We know that's the fact. And he's sitting in there thinking about, I'm in jail now. I mean, I can tell you, I've never been arrested. I've never been to jail. And I'd say, you know, you know why I don't go to, you know why I have never been in the back of a police, police car? You know why I've n- never been to jail? Because I don't break the law. That's just how I live. My parents didn't raise me to be a, a hooligan. They raised me to, to respect my elders and respect the authority. And you know what? You get pulled over. And even if you're innocent, you be respectful. Reminds me of a scene from the movie 13 Hours. How you doing, brother? Downtime's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> Adrenaline leaves and your mind just starts to wander. Yeah. I haven't thought about my family once tonight. Thinking about them now. Up here in the middle of all this. Thinking about my girls, man. And thinking, what would they say about me? He died in a place he didn't need to be. In a battle over something he doesn't understand. In a country that meant nothing to him. I get it, okay? You go to them. I know what it's like to be in a place like this. Let another man raise your children. But I was young and I was giving myself to something bigger. Jack, that something bigger is gone now. You know what? That something bigger is gone now. 
what we what we have have uh, have treasured as our country, the United States of America, that's gone now. We may still have the ability to get it back, but it's gone today. What you see going on is gone. This that's that's United States as as we all grew up in here. It's gone. Can we get it back? We can if we do something now. But if we just sit here and be and let apathy take it take over, it's over. Let's talk about let's talk about the idiocy of everything else going on in this country. Let's talk about the inflation. This week, the new consumer price. And I don't want to just switch off to something that's unemotional, but this is going to get back emotional again, again as we as we see the idiocy that's out there. So this week, the new consumer price index numbers show that the cost of living rose 5.4% from June of last year. It's the biggest annual increase in nearly 13 years. And the consumer confidence is at its lowest levels in five months. Okay, so I've talked about on the radio that the reason the consumer price index is high, going to be high uh, May, June, and July, was because May, June, and July of last year, we had negative inflation. So when they added, so when they added uh, June of 2021, they took off June of 2020. When they look at the 12-month average, and June of 2020, we had negative inflation because of COVID. So I know that, but we all live this. We all live it. We see what's going on. That's why consumer confidence is down because we're all watching this happen. On Monday, two days before the Republicans blocked a procedural vote on Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion American jobs plan, which contains $600 billion in new spending, Biden found himself on the defensive about the economy he now owns. And so I'm, I'm not defending Biden. I'm just, I'm just admitting that I'm just acknowledging what I said about how the, how the numbers figure. So the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily the whole picture. So giving White House speech on the eve of his six-month anniversary as president, Biden begins by cl- uh, claiming he's added three million new jobs over the past six months. That is bull. Then he assured us that the insane post-COVID inflation we're all witnessing is temporary and transitory. Know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and are expected to be temporary. Reality is you can't flip the global economic light back on and not expect this to happen. As demand returns, there's going to be global supply chain challenges. We've seen that in semiconductors, which are used in automobiles. That global shortage has slowed vehicle production, creating a temporary spike in car prices. That's a real challenge. My administration will do everything we can to address it. But again, these disruptions are temporary. Lumber prices are another example. They spiked early in our recovery. But in recent weeks, they began to fall. They've fallen by more than 50 percent. Economists call all these things transitory effects. And they account for about 60% of the price increases we've seen over the last few months. Yeah, this is going to be temporary. It's probably come back around the end of September when all the paying for people to stay at home and uh, stop. So people have to go back to work. 
It's not a supply chain problem. It's a it's a employee problem. You can't get anybody. To, you can't hire anybody to to do work. And you know the semiconductors. You know the the shortages of uh, the shortages of of the semiconductors, the the chips to put in the new cars. Um, if you're looking for a new car, it's they're getting expensive. They're getting expensive because you can't find you can't find as find them as easily. But I'll tell you what, if you're going to trade in your car, now's the time because the dealers are paying big bucks. I have uh, one of my one of my employees bought a 2018 Ford F-150 for twenty seven thousand bucks. He just traded it in on a new one on a new F-250 and they gave him thirty thousand dollars in trade. For a for a uh, a car he paid twenty seven thousand for three years ago. Just a little just a little uh, uh, tip there in case you're thinking about trading your car and it might be a good time might be a good time. So Biden can continues his speech attempting to shift responsibility to the Federal Reserve. I want to be clear. My administration understands that if we were to ever experience unchecked inflation over the long term, that would pose a real challenge to our economy. So while we're confident. That isn't what we're seeing today. We're going to remain vigilant about any response that is needed. As I made clear to Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve when we met recently, the Fed is independent. It should take whatever steps it deems necessary to support a strong, durable economic recovery. You can tell by the way he, uh, the way he, he, he's finishes his sentences that he's reading. Someone says, hey, it sounds like sounds like you say a lot of uhs and pauses and stuff while you're on the radio. I said, because I don't I don't read my script. I said I have bullet points and then I I'm thinking while I'm while I'm recording my show. So if that if that bothers you, some people think that's a positive. Um, But some guys said, hey, it sounds like you do a lot of uhs and you're in your thing and you're you're making pauses and you say uh and all that stuff on the radio. Hey, sorry. That's that's what happens when I'm thinking during that. And when you hear when you hear Biden say, "I talked to Chairman Powell where we met recently," <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't say it like it sounds like natural, like he's talking his his thoughts. He's he's reading, and then oh wait, turn the page, turn the page. And you know sometimes you hear me do that, but uh, when I'm reading some of my notes, um, but when you hear me go, uh, mm, uh, mm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. But you know. Uh, remember how the how the federal how the Federal Reserve is going to fix this problem. You know what the Federal Reserve does to when inflation gets out of control? They raise interest rates. So hey Biden, is this what how you're going to fix the economy? You're going to put it to Jerome Powell and let him uh, solve the problems of uh, rising prices because it costs uh, twenty dollars to an hour to hire someone to work at Walmart, and uh, in in even in states where the minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty five cents. Something's wrong here, folks. It's a basic uh, lack of understanding of how economy works. After the speech, uh, Biden took questions from reporters, and one of them dared to suggest that economists are predicting unchecked inflation in our near future. Biden responded first by insulting economists and then by, what else, attacking the predecessor, Donald Trump. There, there's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economist. That's totally different. I mean, look, the stock market is higher than it has been in all of history, even when it's down this month, even down this month. Now, I don't look at the stock market as a means by which to judge the economy like my my uh, predecessor did. But he'd be very he'd be talking to you every day for the last five months about how the stock market is so high, higher than any time in history. 
still higher than any time in history. So that's not how I judge whether or not we have economic growth. Yeah, you know what? He's talking about how, how high the stock market is. And, and uh, you know, when Trump came in, the, the Dow was at 18,000. And when he left, it was like at 31,000. And now it's what? It's at 33,000 or 34. You know, the, a 3,000 point jump is is not as significant today as it was uh, four or five years ago. Just like, you know, uh, in uh, 1980, when was Black Friday? 1980. 79 or 80 i don't know when the whenever black friday was um october 1st um you know we had a stock market drop of 500 points 500 point swing is is just a normal date these days today but that was like you know some guy some guy killed himself over that yeah the stock market dropped 500 500 points take everything with a grain of salt consider the source and look at everything from uh, you know from above you know twenty thousand feet above sea level so you can get a clear picture, folks. So let's talk about uh, the migrants coming across because this is a ongoing an ongoing saga. There's new migrants crossing our border, but there's something different about the latest wave of the surge. Rather than attempting to evade capture by border patrol agents, these migrants are let let in by the border patrol agents at the Del Rio Texas crossing, which I don't think is new to this week. Because I saw some footage uh, before. Here, don't slip. Don't slip. You know, the people coming across the Rio Grande, make sure you don't slip stepping onto the dock here because we don't want you to sue in, uh, sue in the state of Texas or anybody else because you're crossing over illegally and you slip and bump your head. Um, these migrants aren't, but these migrants aren't from Central, Central America. They're coming from various South American countries, various African countries, and the island nation of Haiti where the president was just assassinated. And how did they get here? How did they get here? They must have come by sea. And didn't Mayorkas just say, uh, if you take to the sea, you're not getting over. You're not coming into the United States. Well, reporting from Del Rio Crossing on Monday, Fox News Bill Malusian described the situation and explained that the state troopers are coming from all over the country to help the agents in Texas. Yeah, Harris, good afternoon to you. I can tell you in my six trips to the border, this is the biggest single group I've ever seen come up to the border. This was a group of about 300, but what they've done is they've come right up to the border wall here in Del Rio, this border gate, and they're basically demanding to be led into the United States. You can see it's a lot of adult men, some single families, some unaccompanied children here. And what's been happening is about 20 minutes ago, uh, Border Patrol led about 150 of them through, mostly family units. They were opening this gate little by little, and then people would try to cram through and come into the United States. We have Florida State Troopers, we have Nebraska State Troopers, we have Florida State Troopers here. We've been talking about that outside help that's been coming to Texas. This is why they need the boots on the ground. And what we've been told is Border Patrol doesn't know what to do with their with these folks. Their processing centers here are already completely over capacity. Their facility in Dallas is also over capacity. So when you have a group of between 300 to 500, which is what they're estimating with this, it's this massive group of migrants uh, wanting to be led into the United States. Yeah, they don't, the the Biden administration makes decisions. And they don't care about the unintended consequences. They don't care about the people on the borders. They don't care about the people that live in Texas and Arizona and California that are going to encounter these these criminals that are coming over. They don't care about how the border patrol agents are going to handle it. They don't care about any of that stuff. Just let's just let some some new people into the country. We don't care if they got COVID. We don't care if they got criminal records. We don't care if they're rapists. We really don't care about anything. Just you know, Trump. 
sealed the border, uh, you know, almost completely. And uh, we just want to turn that off. So how are the people from Haiti and Africa migrating by foot? And they came over. There was a there was an evening uh, freeze, and there was an ice age that came over the over the oceans for one night, and they walked across. I don't know. Um, so no matter where in the world they're coming from, they hook up with the cartels from Mexico to get here. And now that Biden has terminated the Remain in Mexico policy, that makes it much easier. Uh, not all of them are willing to tell us exactly how they get here. But what I can tell you is based off my previous trips here to Del Rio and what I've, I've talked with dozens of these migrants, a lot of them, what they do is they fly into the Mexican city of Monterrey and then they take a bus to Ciudad Acuna, which is the Mexican city right across the border from Del Rio. Then they cross usually in the mornings uh, across the Rio Grande. They'll be led over by smugglers. Uh, speaking of which, right here where we are on Saturday in Del Rio, uh, Texas, uh, Texas state troopers actually caught an active member of the Zetas cartel, believe it or not. He was an active member of the Zetas and admitted that he's a paid guide, paid to bring people like this over the border and smuggle them through ranches here mm-hmm. in the Del Rio area. We've recently heard VP Kamala Harris say that, quote, extreme progress has been made down here at the border. Uh, I can tell you there's no evidence of that. It's only getting worse. We've, we've talked to a lot of migrants. They say now is the time to come. Remain in Mexico policy right. is gone. That's one Speaking of the biggest concerns on. from the people that I've talked to. Yep, so uh, just about everything that Vice President uh, Harris or President Biden says is all BS. Now Biden wants to make the Senate Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation bill the means by which he'll push through the pathway to citizenship. When asked why, he admitted it's because the only way this immigration reform could pass without Republican support, provided the Senate parliamentarian allows it. Why do you believe that the budget bill is appropriate legislation for a pathway to citizenship? Well, first of all, I think we need to find pathways to citizenship. The budget bill is an appropriate way to get around the the filibuster to be able to make a a judgment as to whether or not they should have a pathway. That's for the parliamentarian to decide, though, not not for Joe Biden to decide. Yeah, so he's not even he's not even smart enough to hide the fact that he's doing this. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. And he says, hey, this is the only way we're going to do it. But, you know, I got to make sure the parliamentarian approves it. So let's go on to California. Retailers across California have become victims to shoplifting epidemic after the passage of Prop 47 in 2014 that downgraded theft of property below 950 in value. The idea behind Prop 47 was to reduce certain nonviolent crimes from felonies to misdemeanors, supposedly to free up law enforcement and prosecutors so they can focus on violent offenders. Uh, now that the unintended consequences of the law have set set in, which thieves stealing merchandise from stores ranging from Walgreens to Neiman Marcus in broad daylight, Gavin Newsom announced new efforts to crack down on shoplifting surge. This is going to blow you away. The bill AB 331 reestablished organized retail theft as a crime. Apparently, the designation of retail theft being a crime lapsed on July 1st. Uh, really? You know, uh, Moses got the Ten Commandments in uh, like 3,500 years ago, 4,000 years ago, and the Seventh Commandment was, Thou shalt not steal. But apparently in California, it expired on July 1st. It also makes it criminal to work with thieves to steal, receive stolen merchandise, and recruit or organize theft rings. Really? That's not a, that's not a law already? The bill also creates a crime task forces around the California Highway Patrol and local agencies to address organized theft rings. Really? Why, why is this establishing it? Don't the, 
Don't the highway patrolmen, when they see crimes, they report it? Don't the local police officers do the same thing? This is pretty ironic for a move for a governor who just said this a few days ago about the spike in retail crime. Well, the evidence doesn't back it up. The last three decades, we've actually seen a significant decline in uh, crime in the state. You're seeing crime increase in red states that had no criminal justice reform commensurate with the crime rates that we're seeing here in California, particularly as it relates to gun-related crimes. So I think that's an easy scapegoat for folks, people that never supported those initiatives in the first place. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The crime rate is dropping in California? You know, you know what you got to do? Well, let's look at the statistics. No, just look around you. Let's not go to the map. Let's go to the window. You guys go to the grocery store. You guys go. Does any of you guys feel safe gassing up your car at night? Look at what you see on the freeways. Do you have to have two people in the, to go in the carpool lane? Do you have to have, are there any laws anymore in this state? Why are people leaving California? They're not leaving because of the high price of gas. They don't leave their, their, their home of all these years because the tax rates are too high. They're leaving because of the crime. And if you listen to this Gavin Newsom crap and you buy it, then you're as stupid as you look. So anyway, hey, we're out of time. Let's just say Larry Elder is back on the, back on the, uh, the, the ballot in California. Let's put our efforts to supporting Larry Elder and let's put him our, our one last chance to save California. And as California goes, the United States of America goes, folks. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you from Montana next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.